Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Well, thanks, Marie, and uh, thank you for that fantastic introduction. But I do need to make a correction today. Joining me on the Living Your Dash podcast is our very own Pastor Barry Anderson, Grace's own shepherding and overseeing, uh, pastor overseeing equipping here at Grace. So, Barry, uh, you grew up here in Roswell, didn't you? Uh, were you a coyote or a, a rocket? Well, I was a Goddard Rocket. I went to Del, Nel- Del Norte Elementary, Brindle Middle School, Goddard High School, and then came back for a year at NIMI as well. Oh, so that's right. You were touched a, all the bases. That's right. You were a cadet. Um, um, are they Mustangs? What are uh, they? Broncos. Broncos. That's right. Broncos. Okay. Why do I, Why do I even say Mustangs? Oh my goodness. So people are gonna they're gonna impale me on a pike now. Uh, hey, Barry. You uh, remind our audience uh, how. What is it that you do, um, and you know why do we staff here on purpose? We don't staff like other churches, and what what's the purpose of your ministry that you oversee here, Grace? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm grateful for Rick Hale's vision to staff the way we do staff, mm-hmm. to allow us to focus on areas, and my particular ministry area is in the ministry area. I, my primary task is to get people involved in ministry as quickly as we can, and work with them both short-term and long-term to, to find their, their sweet spot in ministry, if you will. Yeah. We use the word shape mm-hmm. um, to find their shape for ministry, which includes a lot of things. But it, it's just helping the people f- plug into ministry and get involved as quickly as we can. Now, I know this is very elementary uh, for you, but I think that for some folks, that's what the biggest surprise that they see here at Grace is that you know most churches, uh, churches particularly that I grew up in, um, you know, the, you there were a, a, there was a very small window of ministry opportunities that you could do, um, but here at Grace, we it's, it's very broad, very wide. It, it is. It's very it's wide open, and there's really nothing that we you know limit people to do. Yeah. As long as they're capable and qualified and feel like they want to try it, we're going to walk with them and let them try some different ministries. And that's one thing that we are different. We, we don't enlist a person and, you know, leave them there for life. If it's not a good fit, we begin to work with them immediately to try and find them a new ministry position. Right, right. You work really hard with them. In fact, you, that, that, that word SHAPE, it's actually an acronym, isn't it? It, it stands is. for? Spiritual gifts, hearts, passion, abilities, personality, and experiences, both good and bad. Uh-huh. And because we, you know, one thing about... Um, God, he's not going to waste any experiences that we go through, whether it is good or bad. And Amen. so we, we use a profile to, to go all through those those letters and the acronym, and then we have some ministry possibilities that we try and refer people to at least give a shot. Yeah. And if it's not a good fit, then we regroup and, and start over and try and find another ministry position for them. Yeah, I, I appreciate your ministry because, you know, what when I look at that Ephesians 4.12, Verse, uh, you know, what what are pastors here for? Pastors are here to equip, right? Equip the people for Absolutely. ministry, and so that's you are the tip of the spear on that. So I appreciate that ministering what you do. It's not easy, and I appreciate what you do. Um, hey Barry, let, let's switch now to talking about your message. And, and by the way, if you haven't heard Barry's message yet, please go to roswellgrace.com, click on watch uh, to uh, stream that fantastic message. On your device. So, Barry, 
you spoke on the topic of the necessity for our willingness to change based on two of the parables that our Lord told as found in Luke chapter 5. So there's a phrase that says, if you don't innovate, you'll evaporate. You ever heard that before? I have heard it before. Yeah, okay. So I, I think that we all cognitively know and appreciate the necessity for innovation or change in our lives, but we're still resistant. You know, why do you, why do you think that is? I think the biggest reason is just we get into a comfort zone, and when change happens, you know, and I've thought about even just the things that we experience maybe twice a year with a time change. Mm. That kind of, you know, that throws people for a loop. It does. Any, any, any change, we're, we're so resistant and freaked out by it, and yet when we take a step back, we experience change every day. There's yeah. something about our routine that will change. Um, but it's just a matter that we, we just don't like it. it. It throws, you know, I use the illustration of the carefully placed apple cart, um, that we like to stand behind and, and stick with the status quo, but we we just typically don't like change for any reason because it it just makes us uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I you know I when I think about change, uh, like in the context of, of the parables that Jesus gave, Jesus seemed to he seemed to be really uh, focusing on the Pharisees and their inflexibility towards change. Um, you know I. I know that we like to cast them as villains, but, you know, honestly, were they really the villains? I, I think they, they probably started out with good intentions, but then either their, their power or their uh, place in the religious world probably sucked, uh, sucked the life out of them and sucked the truth out of them. Yeah. I don't think they were necessarily villains, but if we're not careful, we can become, um, we can become like them. Yeah. If we're not careful about who we are and, and taking that servant-hearted leadership and, and understand we stick to Scripture and not do what they did and elevate man-made traditions to the level of, of law, um, and that's where that's where they begin to get in trouble when they begin to their own traditions, their own man-made uh, laws became the same level of God's law. And that's where they got into trouble. Yeah, I I think that if anything, people ought to know that at Grace. Really, most churches that I know of, they, they really understand this concept. They understand that, that Jesus warned us about, um, about the peculiarities of the Pharisees. He even told the disciples, um, hey, beware of the yeast, the Pharisees. So we're keenly aware. And, and we also recognize that, you know what? <laughs> I do recognize that Phariseeism in me. The, it's far easier to be a religionist um, to yeah. follow patterns of religion um, and rules that are controllable um, than to really walk by faith. And that I think it's something interesting that Jesus said, that he, he didn't say, I want you to develop a, a really tight and beautiful system of theology. He never said right. that. Um, I just remember him saying, I want you to remain in me. That's right. Remain in That's me. That's right. And here's the cool thing. I will remain in you. I mean, that's that's cool. Okay, so let, let me ask you another question. Why did Jesus, uh, why did he call them out? I mean, specifically in regard to change, how would you apply that to us as, as non-Pharisees? You know, I mean, does that mean we're off the hook? No, absolutely. I, think, I mean, we're called to live by faith. Um, 
Mm-hmm. He was he was addressing us, I think, as well as the Pharisees, and he's addressing the disciples. Yeah, he was he was trying to make a point, and so even some of the disciples, we we see that throughout their Jesus time with them, that they still weren't getting, and they were his closest group. Yeah, and so I don't think it was just toward the Pharisees. I think he was making a point to his his disciples then and his disciples now that we are to live by faith, and we're to not elevate our own traditions and customs, if you will, which we still have a danger of doing even if you know we're we're talking about this like we have mastered this subject and yet we still (laughs) struggle with this in in some areas of the church Uh would you agree oh totally good that's what i'm chuckling because i think that we as a non-denominational church we are quote-unquote free of, of some of the uh the ties of certain denominations but yet what we've done basically is we we have Replace them right with their own with traditions, their own. exactly, and uh, and so they're not any better uh, than the other traditions. Uh, they're they're not any worse either. They're just what they are. Um, but I um, I agree with that uh, that that Jesus does call me to say you be careful if you're going to follow me. Be very right. careful. Absolutely, I agree. Amen. You know, I find that the the Lord's choice of metaphor uh, with the wineskins to be very interesting. What is a wineskin, Barry? Uh, and what's the whole deal with the old wine, new wine, and and the patching issue? What's what's the deal there? <laughs> well, as you and I looked up just a few minutes ago to find out more about a wineskin, <laughs> I love uh, Google. It, I do too. Google's a great thing. Well, it's it, you know either usually a goatskin. We found out a minute ago to to carry lots of different items: milk, cheese, yeah. wine, water. Uh, it's just what they had available to them, and so. But but the deeper meaning that we discussed earlier of the the old wine the new wine you know we talked about the the new covenant and the old versus the old covenant uh-huh. of what the the new work that Jesus is is doing when he came in the New Testament we don't throw out the Old Testament obviously we still we still have that and it's valid right. some people say well the Old Testament just doesn't need to be around anymore well we would disagree with that absolutely it's a canon of scripture and so we have we have to to look at that as well but it's a uh, the old, the old uh, covenant versus the new covenant, and Jesus says, "You know, I'm I'm doing a new thing." And yeah, we have to be willing to, to, um, to look for that and be willing to to, to change and adapt with that. Now, the wine skin, um, you know, the scripture was clear: you don't put new wine in an old wine skin because it'll burst and you ruin the wine. Yeah, and and so we we get that picture of the the damage that can be done. Um, yeah, I I think that that when I see um, this this the the new form factor, if you will, okay, you know, the, I think the Pharisees were were still attached, and why wouldn't they? Right? right, that's all they knew. Right. But I think Jesus was challenging them and and saying, guys, I've been telling you throughout the right. the whole uh, well, what we would call the Old Testament, I've been telling you there's something new that's going to happen. That's right. And so be prepared. Be prepared when my Messiah comes. They know about the Messiah. Right. Um, and uh, and that and that's why you you can't you can't put on just a little patch. There's it's it's not even an issue of does well did the Old Testament need reform? No, that's not it. Right. Absolutely. It's not. a totally different vehicle of how is is grace given to people. Um, so, you know, when we, we think about the issue of forgiveness, I mean, you made that point, is that forgiveness is a very important issue. Um, it, it's, 
it, it's really deep. I mean, Jesus told us that if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. You know, I really can't think of another condition, um, I don't think, uh, where he, he placed forgiveness. He said, I, I'm, if you don't forgive other people, I'm not going to forgive you. Why is that important? Well, obviously it is important because I agree with you. It's one of the few conditions that we see placed on that. Yeah. Um, to think about God's forgiveness to us sort of overwhelms us. You think about his love for us first. You know, John 3.16 is pretty clear about that. But you think about when he went to the cross, how it did give us a way for our sins to be forgiven for the asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no greater sacrifice for forgiveness of sins than Jesus on the cross. You just don't right. find it anywhere else. There's no other way for our sins to be forgiven other than through his bloodshed. Yeah. And then the, the condition that if we don't forgive other people, um, I think it places us in a, in a position of humility and understanding what Jesus did for us when we're forced or when we're called to forgive other people. Yeah. Um, it's not easy uh-uh. for when we've been deeply hurt. I mean, deeply hurt, not just a little tiff that we might go through with somebody. But you think about some relationships that have been brutalized and torn apart and to, to actually be able to, to forgive that person, um, it, it's a it's a difficult thing. And it's one of the things we go through in our Celebrate Recovery Ministries, working through the steps, mm. of, especially when it comes to the point where we're doing our personal inventory. Uh, that's, that's critical for us to actually not only list the people that we have hurt, but to attempt to, to make amends with those people. Wow. And it's a, it's a difficult thing, but it's a very cleansing and very, um, it's, just, it, it's, a, it's a intimate time when you're yeah. able to do that. Now, what we have to remember, too, is we, don't, we can't control if a person's going to forgive us or not mm. if we ask for forgiveness. Yeah. That's not up to us. Yeah. What's up to us is to offer forgiveness to them and say, listen, if I've hurt you, I am deeply sorry for that. And and to see, seek forgiveness and forgive others as well. It's not an easy process. I, I, I wonder if, um, if unforgiveness is such an atrocious presumptuous, presumption against God. What I mean by that is it's like, you know, God, I, I, I know I should forgive them, but I just don't want to. I don't want to. And, um, you know, tell me to go to Africa. Tell me, tell me to give to the poor. Right. Tell me to sell my possessions or put a tattoo of Jesus on my left deltoid. But God, don't. I cannot forgive them, and I don't know why you would even ask me to forgive them or her. Or and and I think that has to happen. I mean, we not just because He's God. God doesn't need to give us a reason, right? right. He right. can just say it. Uh, I mean, the beautiful thing. Thank you, Jesus. The beautiful thing that you did was that you did show us, uh, look, I'm forgiving the greatest offense ever. And and now I'm going to make you my friend. So there can be no inconsistency. I mean, there is that. But there's also the issue of, um, I've been watching this series called The Chosen. And they've been doing a great job in, that I see of really showing the tension between the disciples. I mean, really seeing Matthew. We all know Matthew's a tax collector and everybody hated him, but they're, now they're really showing it. They're, uh, there was a scene by the campfire, so I, I don't know if it's episode four or five, you'll have to look it up, but the scene by the campfire and they're really pounding on Matthew because everybody's thinking, you know, you, you are such a traitor. You're, you've, tr- you've betrayed us all. And, and, uh, uh, and I think, wow, it, in the church, 
that Jesus creates, and he's saying, you're to be one, you're to love each other. You can't love somebody and not forgive them, right? Right, I mean, you're absolutely right. The, the trick is, is humbling yourself and realizing that it's a, ne- you know, a necessary part of, of walking in faith. Um, I would agree with you 100%. And, and when, it, when it comes down to it, none of us are better than Matthew. <laughs> no. And, and, and in fact, you know, some are far worse. And, but we're, we're all, Romans 3.23 makes it really clear that yeah. we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's yeah. not a person on earth besides Christ who walk without sin. Yeah. And, and if we, the, the moment we begin to think that we're better than someone else, we're right back there with the Pharisees. Well, that's, oh, yeah. And so we, we have to remain humble, I think. We have to remain um, in a... a an attitude of, of humility, an attitude of worship, and, and just realize that God's love for all of us. Yeah, amen, amen. Now, let's go to your second point. Um, sure. You said that another way that we need to change is in the area of stretching our friendships. I, I love what you said. Jesus never met a, a sinner that he didn't love. Can you add some more depth to that? I'll try. I, you know, this concept of us and them, we, we it's probably greater now than ever before. And I, I say that in a very general term. Uh-huh. You, you could tie it to you know political viewpoints or um, just an, any number of issues uh, that we face in the world today but we we just have to be willing to love people yeah no matter what their lifestyle we, we, we tend to judge people and our love tends to be greater for the people that are like us and uh, that's not what we're called to do we're called to accept people even if their lifestyle is a sinful lifestyle doesn't mean we have to approve of their lifestyle yeah but we are instructed to accept and love them and, yeah. and be light and salt and if we build uh, uh, I don't know uh, any type of uh, wall between us and, and start using terms like us and them which we're good at doing I think sometimes uh, we're all in the same boat we're, right. we're all in the same boat. We were all sinners, uh, and, and some of us chose to follow Christ. Others haven't yet, but it's up to us to make sure we love them and, and point them to God's Word. Yeah, we, we can't argue. I think one of the worst things we can do is debate God's Word with them. God's <laughs> Word stands on its own. It's, it's powerful on its own, so we can point them to that. But, but many times, a non-believer or someone who is involved in a lifestyle sense is not going to accept God's Word. They're going to hide from it. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, it's clear. Scripture's clear that you know we're to accept people, and I think we do a great job here at Grace. They're welcome, uh, you know, to come and participate. They, they may not be able to join the church, and and you do a great job in class one hundred and one talking about what membership means. Yeah, and but but there's no reason that anybody who wanted to come to Grace shouldn't be allowed to come and worship with us and be yeah. a part of us, and us reach out and love on them. Right. I mean, you you mentioned part of the values. Uh, of grace, I, I forgot that much. I should put that in, in one of the links. But that um, God, God loves people. Right. God loves people. What, actually, what what is the ex- exact phrase? That uh, um, people matter to God, and therefore they matter, matter to, us. to us. Right. And that is a value that shall never change. Um, right. And so, no matter what their um, their stances on um, on LGBTQ. Uh, or uh, however they vote, or however what they feel about abortion, or um, or uh, the death penalty, or stuff like that. It, right. Everybody will will be will be appreciated as uh, as a as a creation of God. Um, but I think that we are we we do have. I think that when when I was growing up, 
I was told that the church needs to be the defender of the truths, uh, and and I and I can understand that, and I can appreciate that. Sure. But as you just said a moment ago, we don't have to defend what God has clearly said in Scripture. We just need to be consistent with it. Right. And like for instance, and you're right. We everybody's welcome to attend. Um, there there is a point in which we say, now if you want to be a member. Implicit in that is that you say, I'm going to be a disciple underneath the leadership of other disciples. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm going to form in the mission. And, um, and someone cannot look at the scriptures and say that they're going to be a part of the mission of God, of making disciples. And yet they themselves say, no, I'm not going to. There is that one area that I don't think is anybody's business, including God's. Right. And one thing I like about what you do on the one with the membership covenant, and one thing that just it, it excites me when someone takes it serious enough, where they said, "You know what? I am not. I could lie on this covenant and say, yeah, I could do all this stuff and sign it and join.' But but many people actually take that covenant very seriously, mm-hmm. and and I think they respect us for holding that standard up. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a gentleman. In the last couple of weeks, who decided he didn't want, he wasn't ready because of some personal issues, and so mm-hmm. I, I, that's fine. We yeah, love, we love you just the same. Absolutely. And, uh, when you're ready, we're here to, to walk alongside of you. And so I, I think most people, when when presented the, the truth the way that's presented here at Grace in love, I, I think we have to always do it that way. There is a time for for confrontational, but even then, it, it's to be done in love, absolutely, with, with a redemptive purpose. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. You, you also challenged us uh, by saying we need to be stretched uh, in accepting others that God has the audacity to love. I love that uh, phrase uh, because we're the church. You know, we love people. We accept people. Um, you know, but, but why even bring it up that we need to be stretched in, in accepting others? It's because God tells us to. Yeah. It's a command. I mean, and it's an instruction for us is that even though it, it's not... It's not always easy. That, that's when the, the, the tension comes in, but it, it, it's a good tension for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little uncomfortable, but then God's blessing always follows that when we're obedient and, and we're willing to, to, to stretch in that area. And it's, it's just a, it's part of what God instructs us. He, you know, we know that, that uh, we love because he first loved us. We love yeah. others. And so we get that model, and so that's what we're to imp- implement in our own lives yeah. and, and be an example of it. I, I appreciate that. I, I was I was talking to someone who is not a Christian, and um, they were we we were in a setting, a social setting, and as soon as they found out that I was that I was a, a Christian, um, their their attitude changed, you know, and 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 so I kind of got the reverse of what what they I guess that they've received in a lot of ways, and and it was never really the same after, uh, and it. it and I think that that's why uh, God is is leaving us as as the witness of right. His church to say, mm, no, you're not you're not going to find it when, as soon as you find out that they're this person X or they're a, a Cretan or a Scythian or a slave, you know, no, you're not going to mistreat them. You're right. going to accept them like I would accept them. Uh, and by the way, Cretan, Scythian, those are it's found. What is it, Book of Romans or something like that? Um, let's see. Um, you you. You said something kind of interesting that that speaking of the church, that when we are when there are more memories than dreams, we stop living through faith. What do you mean by that? I just think we get comfortable. We, we've seen 
churches, you know, all across the United States, all across the globe, really, that hung on to tradition, hung on to the way that they've done things forever, and, you know, they're, they're either now running five or ten people or they've closed the door altogether. Mm-hmm. We see that, and it's a, it's a sad thing. Now, you, you made a point earlier when we were talking, you know, God's church is going to prevail, that nothing's going to shut down God's church, the church. But there are local churches who have just failed to to get a vision for what their ministry is. I, I believe God gives us that, and we, we think back what we did 10, 20, 30 years ago, and we think about how well we've done, and it, the work continues. We still have to be willing to, to see what God is doing today and how he might lead us to be innovative and creative in our in our mission and in our methodology. You know, we've said it before, we'll say it again, the, the, the message can never change. We have to stand firm on the gospel of Christ, but we the methodology certainly can and, and must change in most cases. Yeah. As the communities change, as opportunities present themselves, we just have to be willing to look for those opportunities and look toward the future, look toward God's return. Yeah. And and not just dwell on everything that's happened in the past. Yeah, yeah. I one of the other us versus them things is is the generational issues. You know that that came pretty pretty strong during the pandemic as well. Of, of uh, you know Gen X versus Gen Y versus Gen Z versus whatever the next generation is. I don't know what that is, but but I think that that this is there is that that sense of um, uh, look we we have to. To con- as, as hard it is, we, we have to find out ways of building bridges of communication, uh, of, of building bridges of, of loving each other and, and fellowshipping with each other. How, how, do you, how do you develop a deep appreciation and a deep appreciation for why they're different if you don't spend time with them? Sure. If we're, if we're holding up in the church and, and just expecting everyone to come to us, that's not going to happen. We've no. got to look for ways in the community and equip our, our own members, not just as a church corporal, but individually, into, into building those bridges, those relationships, so that dialogue can happen. And, and, you know, at some point, I think that dialogue turns into relationship. Amen. Yeah, yeah. All right, Barry, man, thanks so much for spending time with me. Is there anything else you want to say with about CR or Hope for Mental Health? Grief counseling for Dallas Cowboy fans? Anything? <laughs> well, I, I'm definitely open to grief counseling for a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> we have a good draft, though, so we'll see what happens. Hey, yes. No, a couple of the ministries that, that we're excited about right now is the Hope for Mental Health ministry. Like, yeah. Uh, Tony and April Kessel and Robert McDonald on Wednesday nights, uh, 6 o'clock down here in room 105. It's been a, a great ministry. Our counselor, Jane Rowland, has, has been a part of that from time to time. So we've got some great resources uh, to help people with that. And then, of course, uh, something that I'm really excited about and passionate about is our Celebrate Recovery ministry on Friday nights. Mm. You know, you, you hear the, the word recovery and automatically you think of drug or alcohol addiction. And really only one in three people attend Celebrate Recovery for those reasons. The, the other two out of three are coming for various reasons. And, and the whole thing behind CR is dealing with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Mm-hmm. And there's not a person uh, walking around right now without one of those things. And yeah. so... I'd love to have you attend CR or be able to talk, tell you more about CR on Friday nights at 6 o'clock over in the Children's Building. Amen. I, you know what I love about CR is that it is it is as authentic a discipleship as you're going to get. I would agree. Uh, because I'm not saying that somebody else is inauthentic. I'm just saying that CR does it in a way that's methodical, um, that is specific, and I think will 
what was it? Someone, it was Lawrence Lovato, who uh, was also involved with CR, Great. who said that, you know, you're only as, as uh, sick as your secrets. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and I thought, wow, you know, uh, and, and it really is true. I mean, we, as there is, a, there is a point in our discipleship with Jesus where we, we, we think, why do I keep falling to the same sin? Why do I keep getting snagged? And, and so we try to keep it secret, try to put up this, this persona, this perception. It's an inauthentic perception uh, of someone's got their, their act together. Right. In the reality, we, we both know that, that none of us really have our act together. None of us do. <laughs> and so, and, and that's, you know, that's where it comes out on Friday nights. It's, it's a great group. You know, yeah. one of our leaders said if, if Christ was here you know, on Friday night, he'd be in our CR group. Cause Amen. That's just the, you know, the, the folks that he uh, would try and reach and, and love on, and, and they need to be loved on. And, and But I, I, I'm a part of that group and very blessed to be a part of it, and I would encourage you to come and check it out. Amen. Amen. Barry, thank you so much for your time. finished talking with uh, Barry Anderson and so but it's just not right unless you're there with us so uh, what's going on here Grace? Well you are so kind but yeah coming up this Sunday we continue our series Kingdom Secrets with one of Jesus more famous probably the most famous parable Mm -hmm. believe it or not with the exception of you know, prodigal the prodigal son. son. Yeah, that's awesome. But I, this one is pretty well known too. It's known as the parable of the sower, or I prefer the title, the parable of the four soils. Oh. So we're going to look at when the seed is planted, what kind of reception will it be? And so the title of the message is, uh, what kind of listener are you? Mm. And so I'm very excited about that. So that's coming Sunday morning. Uh, here at Grace. And then Sunday evening, we have our class 401, Discovering Missions. Mm. And uh, Sean, you usually coordinate that class, and I'm privileged to be one of the presenters this Sunday night. I'm excited about that. So we would love to have people come out and join us for Discovering Missions. Yes. So if you're a 301 grad, you really need to come to this. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Rick, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at rosalgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to rosalgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.